Coming up on Transformers University, we explore space as the Headmasters chase Galvatron and his cronies, we'll meet the people of Planet Hive, discover the secret of the Twin Planets, and we'll check out Daniel's sharpshooting skills all right now on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info, the website, the Toy Archive, TFU News and Views podcast, this podcast, and oh, so much more. And I want to welcome you to episode number 126 of Transformers University. We are in the home stretch of covering 1987. In fact, I can count on one hand the amount of 1987 episodes we have left before turning our attention to 1988. But before we get into our topics for today, I do want to let you know of a few other places you can hear me recently. If you've been listening to this show when it comes out, then you know Transformers Rise of the Beasts is thrilling audiences in theaters right now. If you want to hear some of my takes on it, I have no shortage of opinions, trust me. You can check out my recent appearance on Hall of Justice podcast hosted by my friend Seth Everett. In episode number 336, Seth and I delve into Rise of the Beasts and we take a deep dive into Transformers as a whole. I also had the opportunity recently to appear on Transmissions Podcast Rise of the Beasts review live stream. Now, I haven't seen that show appear on their podcast feed yet, but it is up on their YouTube channel, so make sure you check it out. And finally, if you've skipped it on this feed, episode 60 of TFU News and Views has my take on Rise of the Beasts. It features a lot of my first impressions on the movie, plus some commentary on nostalgia that you do not want to miss. Now, I may decide to uh, do another Rise of the Beast episode in the future, maybe after it's on streaming, maybe sooner. I'm not entirely sure yet. There's still a lot of meat on that bone. But speaking of the future, if you're listening to this show in the future, like the far-flung future of 2005, drop me a line at TFU underscore info on Twitter or whatever platform you're using in the future and let me know what you think of Rise of the Beasts. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment below. If you want to check us out on Facebook or Instagram or most other social media, it's TFU Info, all one word. Now on to our continued dive into the Headmasters cartoon series. This time around, we're covering another three episodes, all of which aired in December of 1987 in Japan. Japan. We start with episode 19, Fight to the Death on Planet Hive, or as Shout Factory subtitles call it, Fight to the Death on Planet Beehive. Of course, Omni Productions had a different title. The War on the Hive Planet. Close enough, I guess. We start with the Decepticons in space. Space! Looking for planets to plunder. According to the dub, they plan to raid Planet Hive. A hive ship intercepts them, and we see the hive people for the first time. They are humanoid with human chins and big bug eyes. The Decepticons attempt to destroy the ship and do so, but not before the ship is able to call out for backup. The Autobots are trailing behind. They find the derelict ship and the remains of the hive people and one survivor. He gives us a history of Planet Hive. The soldier told them that the Planet Hive was ruled over by a queen. The armies there worked together in order to collect power packs from around the universe, which they then stored in a secure area. The queen ruled from a palace, which was built over the top of the secure area where the power packs were stored. 
Back on Planet Hive, the Queen receives word of the Decepticon invasion. We cut back to Fortress Maximus, and the Hive soldier's there, and he is dying. He has a medal on a chain around his neck. He requests Chrome Dome to find his son, Maku, and give him the pendant. Uh, the dub calls Maku Michael. Uh, so I do find it funny that this alien just is like, hey, find my son, Michael. Uh, he then dies and turns blue-gray like a Transformer. I think we just found a Transformer. Galvatron, Sixshot, and the Headmaster Harkons, they attack the Hive. On Scorponok, the Decepticon Headmasters are annoyed that they're left out, and the Hive Queen then orders all the children to head to the safety tunnels. In space... Space! Hive ships have received orders from the Queen to return. But they attack the Autobots by mistake. Hardhat has some ideas. Well, let's teach them a lesson. But Fortress Maximus's head says otherwise. Wait, we can't attack them. No, yeah, his, his head, not Cerebros. Just Fortress Maximus's head, just sitting on a shelf, giving orders like a robot Nixon. The Autobot headmasters try to convince the Hive people to stop shooting, but it doesn't work. Chrome Dome heads to the planet alone. He finds Maku, gives him the medal, and tells him that his dad is dead. Maku, after crying, leads Chrome Dome to the Queen. Chrome Dome talks with the Queen as the Decepticons near the palace. The Queen comes out to address Galvatron and Galvi. It's got away with the ladies. Hey, Queen of Hive, I'm Galvatron, commander of the Decepticons. I want you to hand over all the power packs you have hidden in this place. Otherwise, we'll destroy the entire planet. The Queen refuses his offer, and the Decepticons resume their attack. Chrome Dome fights them alone, and Galvatron orders in Scorponok. As Chrome Dome fights the Horicons, Galvatron and Sixshot shoot him, and he falls into an energy pool. Maku sees this. The Queen radios Fortress Maximus, asking for assistance. She tells him Chrome Dome is in danger. The bots arrive, and Maku goes scuba diving to help Chrome Dome. With the little boy Michael's help, Chrome Dome was able to absorb the power that is hidden in the sea of power, and to become doubly strong. Autobots fight the Decepticons. Powered up Chrome Dome turns the tide. Fortress Maximus transforms to fight Scorponok, damaging Scorponok's chest with his sword. The end. All right, so this one is kind of a boilerplate episode in what we're about to undergo with the Headmaster series. The Decepticons find a new planet to plunder. The Autobots arrive to beat them. Rinse, repeat. What we do get out of this is a lot of universe building. It's a lot of what this show really has, right? Another planet, another people to see now and probably never see again until someone pulls out the nostalgia card 20, 30 years later. Uh, I have a feeling that injury to Scorponok is going to play a factor later in the series, uh, but having never seen the whole series, I don't know exactly what. Uh, but before we delve further into this series, I want to give a quick listen to this message from our good friends at Cybefest Northwest. July 2023, the Pacific Northwest will be transformed. transformed. Don't miss Cybefest Northwest. Featuring special guest Paul Eiding, the voice of Perceptor. Panels hosted by Mike Cyber Radio Podcast. Robotics. Contests and trivia. Local artists and dealers. Exciting raffle prizes. A Transformers experience by the fans for the fans. Get your own exclusive Generation Zero transforming action figure. This Cybertronian festival features the Bumblebee Camaro inspired by the films. July 8th at Kent Commons Community Center. Immerse yourself in Cybefest Northwest. More at CybefestNW.com. 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 
sounds like a great time. Uh, it's literally on the other side of the country for me, literally diagonally from me uh, across the country. Uh, couldn't be further away. Uh, but if I had lived on the West Coast, I would find uh, a way to go for sure. But for now, we'll just have to head back to space. Space! To join the Headmasters in episode number 20. This episode, along with the uh, following two episodes we'll talk about uh, on this podcast, episodes 21 and 22, they all aired as part of a three-episode block on December 18th, 1987. The title for this one is Battle for the Defense of the False Planet, which is both the actual title and the Shout Factory translation. But of course, Omni Productions had to be difficult. The attack on the twin planets. Oh, so like Minneapolis and St. Paul, but planets. Quick aside here. <laughs> I ever tell you how awesome St. Paul Airport is? Um, I've only heard good things from coworkers who have traveled there more recently than I had. But I had the fortune of flying into St. Paul for my first BACON back in 1999. And pre-COVID, uh, airports were different. Pre-9-11, airports were really different. Uh, so when 20-year-old me got off the plane in St. Paul Airport and took the escalator to the baggage claim, uh, there was a representative from the state of Minnesota uh, or the airport. I'm not entirely sure, but they had a plate of hot chocolate chip cookies for everyone getting off the plane. Um, probably should have taken cookies from a total stranger in an airport, but man, was that, was that a delicious thing to land to now far away from Minneapolis and St. Paul in space, space, the Decepticons are looking for cookies of their own. They plan to invade the twin planets. The Autobots are hot on their tails and Chrome Dome and Hardhead are itching for a fight. However, Brainstorm has red sun suit. You two have the courage, but not the plans, you know? You only think about fighting all the time and not the consequences. What are you talking about? Listen, Chrome Dope, fighting is an art, you know. What? An art? Fighting means using your brains, too, apart from your fists. So to win, you have to plan ahead. We can't just go and attack like a bunch of wild bulls. Are you saying I'm stupid, Brainstorm? Yes. Yes, he is. Now, while the Autobots plan, the Decepticons invade the first planet, Sparity. Uh, but the Autobots realize there's something unusual about these twins. Wow, it's like heaven and hell together. Well, it may look like hell, but actually it's a refugee haven. A refugee haven? Arcee, take Danny and Wheelie to the refugee shelter until we finish with the enemies. Arcee, take Daniel and Wheelie to hell. Whoa! Dead? Now, if I die, you can have my Megadeth collection. But dude, we're already dead! Ugh. Daniel and Wheelie don't want to go, and Cerebros explains. I'm very sorry. I won't allow children to be here when we fight. But hell is okay. Brainstorm is going to join Daniel and Wheelie and RC, and Chrome Dome thinks he's a coward. The Autobots attack the Decepticons on Sparity, aka Heaven, or as I like to call it, the Schwarzenegger of this twin duo. The robot train takes the others to the planet Torin, uh, the Danny DeVito planet, if you will. The planet appears to be deserted. The train bots form Raiden and head off to planet Schwarzenegger to help the others. The remaining Autobots, they find a cave. Back on Sparity, the battle rages on. The locals observe via video, and the locals appear to be somewhat robotic. Uh, they continue the evacuation and set defenses to automatic before fleeing. To defeat the Decepticons, the Headmaster Autobots use something they call the triple jump technique. They swap heads, giving them triple power. With Chrome Dome's head on Highbrow's body, they used a triple master kick to defeat each of the Headmaster Decepticons. Back on Planet DeVito, the Autobots find a local. The local runs away and they follow it into a secret cave. There, they find an underground city right before they get captured by the Divitonians? The Turinians? 
right. Well, they take them to the underground city and the Autobots figure out the secret that the Energon that everyone thinks is on planet Sparity, aka planet Schwarzenegger, is actually uh, down here on Torrent. Brainstorm goes to tell the others while RC, Daniel, and Wheelie stay as hostages. On his way, Brainstorm is stopped by security and they have a message for Cerebros as well. When he gets back, Brainstorm is blocked on his way uh, by Apeface. In order to advance him ahead, the Autobots play a game of leapfrog with their heads, hopping Brainstorm's head forward uh, over various Autobot headmaster bodies until he's able to run, uh, land on I think, Chrome Dome and uh, run into Fortress Maximus and uh, pass along this message. When its people have been evacuated, it gives an automatic signal. Then the planet will blow up. And once again, this show, not afraid to blow up a planet or two or three or four. So what do the Autobots do? They flee. Uh, they all get on Fort Max and they get the heck out of Dodge. Uh, the Decepticons, they only find a handful of Energon cubes uh, as Planet Schwarzenegger begins to shake and Planet DeVito retracts its connected tunnel. Uh, Turin, Planet DeVito, separates and the Decepticons choose not to follow what they think is a barren world. The Autobots win. The end. Now, there's some fun world building here, but not much plot advancement. Uh, new world, same ending, just like I mentioned before, right? Uh, we somewhat explore the Headmaster Autobots and their unique head-swapping powers. We actually see it twice in this episode. And we continue uh, Chrome Dome's hot-headedness as leader. And it's neat to see uh, Brainstorm challenge him a little. Now, we've got one more episode in the bank, and honestly, it's a good one. It's, it's a real good one. And we'll talk about it right after this, so stick around. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, don't become the world's longest-running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. All right, so now we're on to episode 21 of the series, and I ran into a little bit of confusion with this one. Uh, while the Shout Factory DVD set, my own Omni dub files have this one listed uh, as episode 22, uh, we're going to cover what they have as episode 21 next time around. Uh, I'm going to go with TF Wiki on this one because they have this listed as episode 21. Uh, the fact that they all debuted on the same day as a block, uh, so they all had the same air date of December 18th, 1987, is probably why there's a lot of confusion as to which one comes first. Uh, so with that in mind, I'm going to trust TF Wiki on this one. So this episode is called Find Megazarek's Weak Spot, or as the Shout Factory episode listing calls it, Find Scorpionox's Weak Spot. Uh, they usually Americanize the names for characters, so that's kind of where the naming comes. And of course, Omni Productions does their own thing again. Scorpionox's Weakness. 
again, close enough, I guess. We began with RC and Wheelie being hunted by the Headmaster Decepticons until Cowboy Daniel arrives. Turns out he's playing a video game with like a light gun zapper kind of thing, uh, and he's doing pretty well. RC congratulates him on his shooting, but Wheelie and Headmasters, as I like to call him, as my friends like to call him, Goth Wheelie, is a jerk, <laughs> and he puts in his two cents. You're not that good, you know, Danny? Eyebrow just made the model easy so that everybody could hit the target, that's all. That's not true! Right then, try to hit the ball. If you can hit the ball, then I'll say that you're good at this. And Daniel shoots him in the forearm. We head back to space. Space! With Fort Max and the Headmaster Autobots. They receive an SOS signal from a planet along with some coordinates. That sounds like the planet Tetris. The planet is actually called Daros. The Autobots, they land there, but first they need to rotate the ship 90 degrees to avoid making a straight line and losing the whole lower deck. The planet is deserted and no block pieces are falling from the sky. They look for the source of the signal and find what appears to be a factory. But what else do they find? Humans! And what are those humans doing? Well, of course, they're being murdered by Decepticons. (laughs) No, really. The Headmaster Decepticons are shown shooting a bunch of humans running away and killing them and literally shooting them in the back. Uh, It turns out these were prisoners and where they are is actually a penal colony. So the Autobots drive them off and uh, they end up finding three surviving humans. Uh, They send them to Fortress Maximus where Cerebros tells them to get some rest. RC doesn't quite understand uh, the nature of rest. I'll take you to the restrooms. Don't think that means what you think it means, RC. And we find out Wheelie is a bit of a peeping Tom. Wheelie, don't peep on other people. Wheelie, don't. Be quiet. (laughs) So in this argument, Daniel accidentally opens the door. uh, And they end up talking to the prisoners, uh, who seem nice until one pulls a knife and takes Daniel hostage. Yeah, didn't see that coming. Uh, He demands to talk to Cerebros and literally has a knife at the throat of a child. Uh, The prisoner, whose name is Curl, wants to take Fort Max uh, to enact revenge on the folks that imprisoned him. Cerebros decides to uh, stall a bit for time. Uh, And in this stalling, Daniel uses his brain and bites Curl's arm and gets free. Then he shoots them with his light gun, uh, which I guess works as also an actual weapon, right? It did burn Wheelie's arm earlier. (laughs) And Cerebros fires a freeze ray from the security camera where you would normally keep your freeze ray. Later, we find out that uh, Curl has uh, an explanation as to why they're in prison. Well, you see, we came from the southern part of the planet. Mm -hmm. It is rich in resources and is very different to the north. Life in the South was very peaceful, but one day everything changed. The government seized people's property and wealth for themselves. Life changed. It became difficult to survive every day. We were treated very badly. Finally, I couldn't take this brutal treatment anymore, so I retaliated against the government. I couldn't overthrow them by myself without any help, so they captured me and made me work in the factory. That's why I wanted the use of your spaceship. I wanted to drive them out. I understand. I'm sorry, Danny. Well, at least he apologized. Back on planet Tetris, Punch arrives to explain the SOS. Among the prisoners, there's a person named Tegrela from the planet Bistas. Someone called Tegrela? Yes, that's him. He sent us a signal. 
That's Tegrela. He's the one who knows about Scorpanak's secret. What did you say? In order to keep this secret, the Decepticons killed everyone involved with him. Did Galvatron order this massacre? That's right. Tegrela discovered the secret while he was working for the Decepticons. He kept it to himself. But now he's of no use to Galvatron. They want to kill him. I think he's hiding in the North-South Chasm. The North-South Chasm? It's right there. The chasm runs all the way from the north to the south. So in the subtitled version, uh, Tegrela is named Tekna, T-E-K-N-A. He's a beast former, so he's a battle beast uh, who actually never got a toy uh, with a dog-like form. Fort Max heads south. And we finally see what the Decepticons have been up to. They've been uh, eating with the king, who has given Scorpion control of his oil fields. Sixshot and the Harkons, they begin to attack the Autobots. In the caves, Chrome Dome and Highbrow find Tegrela. I've wanted to expose Scorponok's secret for a long time. Today I can finally tell someone. So what do you know about Scorponok's secret? Well, he has a weak spot. Yeah, um, we know that from the title. And it turns out Tegrela has one too. It's his back. Because that's where he gets shot by Murder Weird Wolf. Chrome Dome fights him as Highbrow takes Tegrela for medical attention. Then, Chrome Dome and Highbrow join the team on Southern Tetris, while Brainstorm and Hardhead become low on power from the fight. The Autobots use their transtectors to transfer power to each other, allowing all four to transform. Just then, Fortress Maximus sends one of his guns down from orbit to shoot the Decepticons. Scorponok transforms, causing Fort Max to join the fight and transform into robot mode. The two big bots, they fight, and Galvatron orders Scorponok to retreat because he is loaded with Energon cubes, and they don't want to lose them. So, Cerebros then, what does he do? Well, he does what any good Autobot would do. He installs a new government in the South and lets uh, the thug with a knife, Curl, uh, the one who threatens kids uh, with, with a knife, uh, he, he lets him be the boss. And then uh, they head back to space. Space! Where uh, Chrome Dome uh, works on uh, giving some medical treatment to Tegrela. Tegrela's not doing well. He uh, lifts his hands as the Autobots ask about Scorponok's weakness, because he's the only one that knows, and they discover something on his forearm. Look, there's something in his hand! Yes, there's a microchip embedded in his arm. Could the secret be inside this chip? Then, Tegrela dies, and the Autobots jettison his body into space before beginning to decode the chip. You know, I really, I really enjoyed this episode and I really didn't think I was going to, especially when the episode began with Daniel playing a video game and in a silly costume getup. Though the Decepticon Edmasters are uh, suddenly competent and murderous, which both seem very out of character for them, um, it actually creates some stakes in this episode, which I wasn't expecting to find. Um, and then having a beast former who worked on the Scorponok project early on is a really nice callback to previous episodes. Overall, I feel like this might have been the best episode of the series so far. And that's a lot to say because we were, we're 20 plus episodes in, right? And with that, we're almost done with new episodes of Headmasters for 1987. But before we wrap the series for the year, we've got one more topic to cover. Want to find out what it is? Stay tuned after this. Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode. But first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or send an email to info at tfu.info. 
sure to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username TFU info, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFU info, where we post all of our podcasts plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. Next time on Transformers University, we're going to head back to Marvel UK to celebrate Christmas. Prepare for winter in July. Of course, if you want to catch up with me, you can find me on Twitter at TFU underscore info and just about everywhere else as uh, TFU info, all one word. And of course, on the web at www.tfu.info. So until next time, I am your host, Anthony Brucali, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info. See ya.